Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It is born in the fury of the most violent storms on Earth. It has traveled thousands of miles, building in strength and size. And here, in a remote corner of the planet, some men will not run from its fury. They will ride it. You're not ready for it. I'm ready. So when the wave breaks here, don't be there. Or you're gonna get drilled. He's a modern savage. If I say it's safe to surf this beach, Captain, it's safe to surf this beach! What's he searching for? The ride. The ultimate ride. What's up? The only thing surfers have in common with the rest of America is they're unemployed and love crystal meth. Okay, guys. Well, this is the 10th edition of Surf Center. Um, I, I'm Chad White with my partner Damian Farenfort here. And um, today we're going to talk about current events. And current events happen to be uh, civil unrest and a whole lot of looting and crazy stuff happening. Um, we're going to try to make a little bit of sense of it in terms of um, you know the, our, our own realities and, and how we can respond and how other people have been responding. Yeah, I was fixated on the TV yesterday watching KTLA and all the CNN and all the different news stations seeing what's going on. Um, humanity's at a breaking point, man. And if you can't see that, you're an idiot. Yeah. Like, you put people's back against the wall and they're going to push back. And, th and that's what's happened here. Yeah, I think, I think the, you know, and I've, I've been seeing this for a, a long, long time. And I remember when in 93, it was, or I think it was 93, but with the last time we had a riots in LA, it was, it was sort of really the same type of thing, although we didn't have social media. So I think it's actually, you know, we, it was only Los Angeles. It was limited to our city, but now it seems that the whole world is, is paying attention to this thing. I, I saw, I didn't see, I actually heard on the radio, um, they were doing something in Trafalgar Square in, in Great Britain. And, you know, people are coming out there saying the same thing's happening to them. Um, all over the, all over the world, there are um, black people being marginalized and, and treated, you know, like you can't imagine worst treatment by anybody and the fact that they're actually getting murdered in the streets by who's supposed to be people that are protecting them is is untenable and doesn't really matter kind of who you are and and you know Damien and I as as a couple white guys can't really speak to it in, in too much of an intelligent way but um but we can I guess just react and just like the rest of us are reacting which is um in in shock and horror when you see those type of pictures I mean I've got a son uh, I don't have to have the conversation with my son that says, hey, you know, if you get pulled over by a cop, you better watch out. You're going to, you know, they could, you could die if you do the, make the wrong move or if you don't have your hands on the steering wheel or whatever the kind of conversation that you're supposed to have is. I haven't had to have that conversation. And I imagine if I did have to have that conversation, I'd be, I'd be you know, pretty upset about it. Yeah, I just don't think we can even, it's really difficult to put yourself to truly have empathy and put yourself in those shoes. And that's what we all need to do right now is just practice empathy and try and understand why these people are so frustrated. Now, I don't condone looting or uh, vandalism at all. You know, it's a disgusting act. But if, you know, if that's what people got to do to get this point across, so be it. Like if a couple, you know, if 50, 100, 200 stores have to burn, which are insured, like personally, I'm sure that like, the Oak Tree Group would rather have all their stores looted and burned so they can get some insurance money on their product that's just sitting and going stale <laughs> that no one right. wants to buy. But like, you know, 99% of these stores have insurance. It sucks yeah. for the mom and pop stores. But like, so what? It's better than people dying. And if that's what's going to happen, burn the burn the stores, loot the things, and let's get to a point where we're making change and moving forward. Yeah, and I think that, that, that what I would hope to have happen is actually just, you know, 
again, I, I would like there, for there to be actually be change. Um, you know, the, the fact that if you think about it this way, like the, you know, I heard somebody say this on the radio was, um, Dylan Roof is a guy that shot a bunch of people in a church and he walked out of the, out of there in handcuffs. I got to imagine that, that, you know, you, she was on the other foot. If it's a black guy shooting a bunch of white people in a church, there's no way that guy's walking out with his life. It, it's just not going to happen. I mean, you can't imagine a, a, a point where that's going to happen. Um, and, and I think that's the, that's the point. If, if you grow up in that reality, you know, we all have to kind of look at it like that's the reality, not, not, Hey, well, maybe he did something before to deserve that. You know, you're not, cops aren't judge, jury, and executioner. You're not allowed to just kill people because somebody's resisting arrest. You're not allowed to kill them. That's not, that's not the way it works. And so maybe it's a training thing. Maybe there's gotta be something that, that, you know, again, you know, Damien and I had a conversation earlier about this. There are, of course, there are great cops. I mean, we know a bunch of them from the beach that are like really you know, take care of people. Brother-in-law and his and his wife, or soon to be wife, of cops, and they're amazing people, and they yeah. have empathy, and they're smart, and they went through an amazing course. They did six months of like intense, intense, intense training to get to where they are. But unfortunately, what happens is you don't have that kind of training throughout the rest of America, right? Like a lot mm -hmm. of these small towns, you just get a badge and here's your gun, and like because right. you because you don't have a, a record or anything like you're kind of in, right? Yeah. So there's not the same kind of intense um, training or education and like whether it's how to use a gun or how to handle a radical situation. So that's, so there's that difference. But yeah, of course, but it starts at, there needs to be accountability within the forces, right? Yeah, like that's right. If you, and I think this is why this whole thing started, right? Because three officers, and this is probably the call to action from all the rioting Four, and, right. and the protesting, right? Yeah. I think three stood by. There was four total. Yeah, four total, arrested. three stood by. Three stood by and watched. Like, if you stand by and watch that, you're accountable. If you're, you know, it's like watching somebody steal or knowing. It's like me knowing you stealing chat and just being like, cool with it, right? Yeah, that's like, right. That's, you're accountable. And unless you're implementing that change on that level, mm -hmm. it, it's got to stop. Unfortunately, you need that brotherhood in the police force. And because you're going on the streets with people and risking your lives. And it would be yeah. a scary thought, like driving through being copper nights and pulling people over in America. Like it would, people have guns here. Yeah. It's petrifying. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so there is obviously naturally going to be that brotherhood, but it can't extend to that. You know, you're, you're a police officer. You have to know the difference between right and wrong. Well, I mean, and I think that, that again, it's like, you know, it's, it's tough. It's they're really in a, in a hard situation because most cops are in a bad situation. The situation they're in is even if there is a bad cop, you know, it is sort of a, you know, snitching on somebody is just never a comfortable thing to, to do. And especially in a context where, like you said, you know, you have to look out for each other um, on a day-to-day -day basis. And those guys have to have your back. And all of a sudden, you know, it, when you start, you know, not politics, but when, when this type of thing gets into it, um, it's it's pretty... It, I think there's there's all these little gray areas that, that people like us can only look at from the outside and not... We, we can never understand. But as you said, you could have an empathy. The gray area that's not there, though, in my opinion, is that you can't let white supremacy infiltrate um, the state, right? It, it, Completely. So what's happening is, is that the state is killing black men, right? And black people. And, and it really, truly is. Like, we, we, we see it all the time. It was the, I, I can't remember the guy's name, this, this from last week, um, or week before last, but he was the one that was murdered while he was jogging, you know? Ahmed. Ahmed, yeah. So, you know, these are like, I mean, this is this is something that you have to think about as a, as a parent or as a, or as a person of, of color. You, you cannot, uh, we'll have Sal on, I'm sure, to talk about this as well, but you, you can't, you know, as for us, we can't necessarily put ourselves in that position, but we can, I guess we can empathize with it. We can say, like, 
first of all, it's not okay to, to be judged during execution or if you're a cop. Get, put the person in handcuffs, get them in the car, take them down, charge them, um, and see what happens. But even then, like, so let's say that they make it. Let's say that they survive being arrested. You know, the chance of somebody being wrongfully convicted, if you're a person of color, especially if you're a person of color that's, that's poor and, and on the margins, are, are, are pretty high. And higher than anybody else. Um, being poor in this country, no matter what your color is, no matter what your race is, is actually something that's is really, um, I guess, puts you in more peril for this type of thing than any than anything else. I mean, you see, like you see, you see white white trash getting kind of uh, you know beat up by cops too. It's not just it's not just a bunch of white, you know it's not all black and. But uh, like, if you go to that, okay, let's like talk about it. This is Chad going down one of his rabbit holes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> this is so podcast, but. If quickly touching on that, like you, I got a stimulus check the other day. Yeah. You know, my wife and I, we got a stimulus check in the mail. We didn't ask for it. Uh, it just came. We don't need it. Right. Like there's poor people in America that need it, but they aren't, they, they aren't. Uh, and this is what's bubbled up to the service, right? But because their taxes weren't in order or this and that, they don't qualify for it, yeah. which is like so fundamentally wrong. Right. right. The, the people, people that, that need, need it, the, it most. the most don't get it. Right. Yeah. And just a helping hand, $2,400 for somebody or a family that has nothing or has lost their job and they really need it, you know? So this is, it's a culmination of all these different things. If you haven't seen the Trevor Noah um, piece on Comedy Central on the Instagram, where he kind of talks about the dominoes and how we got here from the woman in Central Park to uh, Floyd and mm -hmm. all these different things, you'll, you'll go and watch it. It's 18 minutes and it's incredible. I think he sums up for, if you're a white person and a bit unsure and like how, what you should think and feel, I think he sums it up perfectly. Right. Um, it really is. It's, it's like clear, it's direct and it'll give you a whole new appreciation for what these people are feeling and why they're feeling it. Yeah. Um, but we're a surf podcast. Yeah. We're trying to be rooted in surf all the time and I don't know enough about American politics and Chad doesn't get to talk because he's a, he's a privileged white male. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. From the Palisades, yeah. which uh, yeah. we heard the mobs moving towards later yeah. today. So yeah, I, I should actually loot the Palisades. I, I, I do want to say this though. The fact that the, the fact that the national guard was posted up in the Palisades and not where it was actually needed is a, is a pretty shitty thing. And the yeah. fact that they went to go protect a bunch of rich white people. Is well, they were at, lame. they were at, uh, the, they were down, they were at in Los Angeles. Um, what's it called? Not the civic center. But they were down there. Um, they were in Long Beach last yeah. night. If you watch KTLA, they've been kind of covering it really well. It's it was insane. But it took yeah. them, by the time they got to Long Beach, like people already looted the whole place. But one yeah. of the I think one of the things we wanted to talk about. When, I mean, this is like is is how and again like it, it, just as you said, we're a surf podcast, right? I and mean, we're trying to like contextualize this in some way to surfing. Um, and there's probably a few ways into that. One of the ways in was that, that there was a, a surf retailer that had posted all lives matter. So, yeah. So last night I saw HSS, um, they had posted all lives matter and you know, with the little spiel, they quickly changed their tone into like black lives matter because they obviously caught a bit of backlash and I don't, you know, I'd started writing last night notes about just how to tear HSS apart and I was going to rip them a new one. And then my wife, cause she actually turned me onto the post. She grew up in HB and is an from an amazing family down there and there's so mm -hmm. many amazing families down there and yeah she wants she kind of just highlighted a lot about what hss have done through the years and how many kids they've helped and their high kids high school kids i've got lots of friends that work there mark down in the board shop like they're amazing people kind yeah, soft spoken totally. sweet out to the world yeah. so i don't want to destroy them for something that like some social media kid that was doesn't quite have a perspective on 
uh, on what's actually going on made a mistake, right? But it's a bit of a, it's, it's a peek inside the bigger, the bigger issue of the surf industry. Yeah. That's what it is. Like that kid posting that is basically why we're in this position in the surf industry, right? right. And it's, it's just a small little like insight to what's actually going on. It's, 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 it's the sort of narrow, it's the narrow peephole by which everybody in that, in the surf industry sees the world. Like they're seeing it through their own perspective. And, and I think there's enough voices out there that say that give this all lives matter message, which is, I think a lot of people, you know, it's a, it, it almost seems really logical when you say it. it's like, okay, all lives matter. Well, the, you know, what, what they, I think what happens is when someone says black lives matter, somebody else is taking that like, okay, well, my life doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah right. Like so they're just taking it wrong. What, where, what, the, what the reality is, is that because so many people, so many black people have been killed and been, and been marginalized by the state. Okay. It's a different thing. The state isn't marginalizing, at least at least institutionally, isn't marginalizing a lot of other people, right? So, so the all lives matter thing. Yes, of course, all lives matter. That's a that's like a, a truism, right? The Black Lives Matter thing is, hey, our lives matter. What I think, and I think there was a a, a at a point when that, when that movement first started, they were going to say Black Lives Matter too, right? And but they didn't want the two on there because it was a it, again, it was a further marginalization of of who they are. So what they wanted to say is black lives matter. Like my, my son's life means something. My daughter, my father, my uncle, my, they, they it, you can't just kill us. It's not okay. And that's what they're saying. So when someone says black lives matter, they're not saying your life doesn't matter. They're saying it's not okay just to kill us in the, in the streets and just walk away from it. How many of those cops got off? Almost all of them always get off. These cops probably get off too. Oh, George Zimmerman got off. Oh, like easy. All these guys. Anyway, but that's, again, you're going well, down your rabbit hole, like down a different thing. We, we're here to focus on the surf industry and how their reaction has been to this. <laughs> right? Totally. And uh, if you want to rewind a couple of years ago, Bobby Hundreds, I think it was like two and a half, three years ago, he went down and did a talk um, at SEMA and they asked him to get down there and he kind of, kind of went down there and just lashed him. Right. And I think he started off with like, something about cocaine and like da, 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 like what happened to like what what i thought surfing was right like this yeah. thing, yeah. you know and then yeah. you know and i i actually benefited from the talk that he had because he spoke about uh not being enough culture in surfing and black people you know sales podcast was an amazing insight into that right yeah that's right and you know because of that like and then he wrote the article and mikey was featured and it was kind of this like all of a sudden you had quicksilver like oh we need to pay this guy more yeah, after yeah. giving him a really shitty offer right and yeah kind of push the price up and yeah you know mikey was he went with fans, thank God. Um, but that was it. Like Bobby hundreds, and then you'll see his. He had a post and he had a store on Fairfax that he lost this week, and they looted. And he just was like, you know, if if I have to lose some merchandise, and he's like, look, I'm fortunate that I have other um, income, but if I have to lose merchandise and this has to happen for this change to be it, so be it. Like, right. you know, I don't condone looting or vandalism at all. But you go and look at his Instagram. It's you know, it's it's, it's a decent little read and. He's just like, this is what's got to happen. And to implement real change, there has to be real action. Yeah. And we saw that yesterday, like the very fact, we spoke about it on our last podcast or a few back that you're a surfer and like, it is like un-American to like close the beaches. Yeah. But like, all right, like cool, like no looting or like pro you're not protesting like actual people's lives being taken in the streets. Right? Well, like when, we, when we did that podcast was the week that that, that video came out about a month. Right? Yeah. And so that's what we were saying. We're saying. We were saying at the end of that podcast was like, Okay, 
you're saying it's unconstitutional because you can't surf, but you don't. But you're silent whenever when people are like murdered in the street. And that's the surf industry right now, right? right? Like they all had to put out. Like if you go look at Oak Tree's group yesterday, it's just like you just want to put your head down and shake. Like they couldn't even go find a quote like out of MLK or someone like an American because this is you know this is a bigger issue for the whole world. Yeah. But it's America's the focus right now. They just like recycle the Mandela quote. Blanketed it across all their brands. Ruka, yeah. Billabong, Quicksilver. The yep. very same quote. At least Ruka yeah. had Stevie Powers do some like beautiful messaging. And then, you know, I've seen that actually reposted a bunch. But like, here guys, here's your corporate statement that you can put That's up right. like three your days or four days. Your corporate statement. Yeah. It says Nelson Mandela said it. Okay, I guess we're okay. Yeah, exactly. Like no one's allowed to have an opinion. And like, ooh, like what happens? Like, where do we stand on this? Like stand with how you feel. Like yeah. you're a human and you're a surfer and you have that like natural, like renegade attitude, which mm-hmm. surfers do. And you know, the same reason guys surfers are sneaking surfing when they're not allowed to. And like, are yeah. they doing that? That's what you want to shine through here. Like, That's right. Um, and, and, and I do think that I look, I'm okay with there being a debate. Like I love talking to mayhem about stuff. I love, you know, I don't agree with him, everything you said. But I, I th- at least, at least, so Matt has a full argument for anything he ever says. Completely, he's backing that shit up. He's never gonna make like an incendiary post, and then and then everybody's gonna just and he's then he's just gonna back off and go, no, I didn't really mean it like that. He's gonna always have backup for what he's saying. So if he says something like, well, hey, all lives matter, I promise you, he'll have an argument for it. But but people just say stuff just to say it, and and, and I mean, I guess that's okay. But I think that that these brands have a platform i mean they have not only do they have a platform but they've got all these different voices of people that surf for them like go talk to everybody that you know like figure this out because i can promise you that if you go access your team to get your messaging across that's right come together create a message like what do we want to stand for what is you know as a brand quicksilver what does it stand for if you can't rock and roll don't fucking come yeah that's right what does that mean as billabong only a surfer knows the feeling. Okay, like how do you how do you put that lens over what's going on now? Have an opinion, have a point of view. But instead, they're just like, here's our message. Like, point it out. Like, here's right. a corporate statement. Like, go look at. You know, I was messaging with Lincoln, and it's a bummer because I keep hammering Quicksilver. Because, but you know, because we've been talking about that, it kind but of they deserve effect. it, dude. Like, totally. Just, was, I mean, like, seriously. like looked at the Nike campaign that they put out like yeah. a week ago or yeah. ten days ago, right? That's right. Like, just like that, boom, done. Not even thinking about it. This is yep. basic civil rights. For once, just yeah. don't do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's an amazing message. Yeah. The message is what everyone else is saying. Yes. It's connected to their brand. Yes. Like, how do each one of these guys do it? These guys put out a message last night because they probably feel like, shit, we have to. Again, an obligation, not an opportunity. You yes. Know, should have been like, exactly. across here's your yes. whole team. Yep. Access these guys. Here's a way to kind of connect our message. Patagonia did an amazing job. Um, who, who are... Oh, Patagonia did an insane job. I actually really liked Volcom's. Volcom's yeah. messaging last night. I know it was like from a couple older campaigns. Yeah. But there's, you know, Stop the Hatred. But it was, it was true to them. Exactly. It was and, and not to, to, not to try to, sorry, true to, true to this. Sorry, that was, a, that, that was not But it goes to show they kept, yeah. They, but it was, it was. It was something that, it was their voice. I, I, I was like, we were looking around, talking about it last night. And I looked and I saw that and I went, actually, this feels, at least, it, A, two things. One, it's custom made. It's by them. It's their voice. It's not... Hey, let's look at Wikipedia and try to find a quote that like, what did some, what did a black guy say? And let's just use that. Like, that's okay. That's good enough. Like, they that's took, not yeah, okay. They took dude. two old campaigns. They combined them together and yeah. they made a pitching video. They put in some effort. Like, yeah, yeah they I'm did. I'm sure we'll see the team posting it over the next few days, but it's beautiful. Like, it's it, a good it, message. Truly. Letters yes. up. Like, so I was like, I was really impressed by that. The rest, I can't say the same for, man. Patagonia did the same job and they, which they always do, right? Let's just because it's but you they, know what it is? It's a fundamental value. That's so, so that's it. They they have something, right? They have something to stand for. 
So this is what we've been talking about the whole time. So when something, look, when anything happens, Patagonia can easily Nike, access, Patagonia. they can always ladder everything they do back up to what their brand stands for. Making so, the world a better place. That's right. And so if that's the case, all right, what, what is one way they're going to make the world a better place in this context? They're going to say we have work to do. And they're not going to say they have an answer. It's just like us. We don't have an answer. Like I don't have an answer for this shit. I've been seeing it for my whole life. And if I were in that position, I'd burn the fucking city down too. A hundred percent. I would be burning everything down. Completely. I mean, that. so, but Patagonia can, can say this because Patagonia's mission is to make the world a better place. Quicksilver's mission is to sell you some board shorts you don't need or a I mean, t-shirt that's real, got a new graphic. Real cool, on. and these guys haven't even put out a statement. They no, haven't even, like, and they won't. The most basic thing you could no. do, even if you just put, you know, I saw a bunch of people which actually quite like just posting a black square, right? And yeah, just, or yeah, a white square. Yeah. People well, are, well, there's, well, there's one there was no post. There's a few that were just no post or like an empty post. Okay. That was yeah. another one. Yeah, anyway. White square is probably not the most yeah. ideal, <laughs> ideal thing to push right now. I'll go with the black square. Yeah. Uh, yeah. White squares matter. Sounds a bit white supreme. Yeah, it does. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, the, the fact that some of these guys, like, don't even know how to act. And yeah. it's okay to not know how to act. Like, yes. You, you can be like, but ask someone and be like, okay, as a basic human, like, strip all the brand and everything away. How do yeah. you feel? And talk about that, right? And here's yeah. your chance to like stand for something. It's the terrible cliche. If you don't stand for something, you'll die for nothing. Yeah, I just, yeah, just, yeah or, or you'll, you'll fall for anything. Yeah, that, that's it. And that's what these guys are. And like that's... But that is true. It's the bigger picture of what's going on in the surf industry. It is. And, and I think it's what we've been harping on and will continue to harp on. It's like the only reason we have a podcast. You know, these the minute these guys have some kind of like messaging and stuff, we probably will have a lot less to talk about because these dudes can't figure out how to punch their way out of a wet paper bag right now. We don't want these guys to go away. No. Like we don't want Quicksilver, Burlong. We need we need them to be able to sponsor guys, our favorite surfers who go travel the world yeah. and score perfect waves and, and help yeah. us get lost in our own thoughts and That's on Instagram right. and take yeah. us away for that moment. And we want to support them. But the two things we keep coming back to, their branding and everything is about, their message is a bunch of nothing yep. and the product sucks. Yeah. I mean, the, the bunch of nothing is more is the most important thing. There's not, this is a giant, in Oak Tree Capital, right? So we're really kind of talking to you guys because you guys own these brands. I mean, that's really who it, who it comes down to is essentially without, without some type of, of moral compass, right? Then you, you've got, you're going to keep pouring money into these brands and then you're going to keep weakening them and liquidating and, and trying to get stuff to Costco and doing everything that you're going to do to, to make these brands less valuable. You're not going to be building them up by trying to, to, to just sell it off or to try to cut the team or cut what you need to actually start at the freaking top of this thing. And everything has to have a reason to exist. You guys would be so, I mean, look at Nike, the easy thing, like we're talking about Nike and Patagonia. They, they know who they are. It's very easy. They can, they can do this message. They, they were, they they were in it when when Colin Kaepernick took a knee, and they were and they were backing him the whole time. There's this is not a like, and it wasn't convenient for them to do that, right? No, not at all. Not at all. It was like losing them huge money, dip in their sales, huge and then a dip. huge spike. Yes, right? of course, because but they, of that. But they knew they it could have gone either way for them. It, and it did go the wrong way for them for because. quite a while before the before that spike happened because it you know people again people don't necessarily know what to think. These kids, the kid that posted All Lives Matter, you know, maybe would be influenced by a brand like Patagonia or if, if that, if Hurley did something or if, if Quick or Billabong or one of the brands that was in his neighborhood would have said or done well, something. Well, that kid, had, exactly, you spot on. That kid had posted yesterday before 
Quicksilver, Billabong, Rukin and them had posted, right? right? So they're probably looking around. You know, these are the brands that occupy 90% of their store. They've got the big sections. Yeah. And they're not saying, they're not messaging anything. Right. So that person, this person is not influenced by the surf industry, which is all we're trying to get people to do. Get yeah. these brands to do is influence young people yeah. in the right way, right? Yes. So if you're not standing and creating the right message, how are the next generation meant to know and the people that are actually meant to buy your product meant to know? Right. And well, I mean, here's the thing. Like when you guys all started out in the 70s, you know, the world was a very different place and it meant it, and it meant it was something, it was something very different. Now with the advent of social media, kind of with what we were saying before about kids being turned on to new things, right? They're turned on to new brands or turned on to new ideas, new music, new everything. You know, you're going to be left behind because these kids actually really give a shit. Like I know, like, you know, all the Venice kids, all those kids are like, we're at, you know, Deck and those guys went to Oakland. Yeah. You know what I mean? They drove from Santa Cruz to Oakland to go be part of that whole thing. Now, whether they were just doing it to be like in the thing, whatever, but it seems to really have resonated with our little group of Groms that I, that we're in touch with all the time. Every one of those kids has been super active during this time. And of course that, you know, maybe it's just cause, it's cause they grew up in Venice. They're a bit more woke to it. You know, they understand yeah, it. It's that's right. they've grown up around it. Like, you know, Mexicans, Asians, blacks, Everyone in Venice. That's so it's right. kind of hodgepodge Gay, of cultures, straight, right? That's everything. it. Yeah. So they're a bit, they're more open to it. Yeah. Whereas down, and that's what we're saying. Like, you can't blame people in OC and San yeah, Diego. And that, right. They've just grown up around. That's right. The whiteness. That's, that's right. what as I yeah. would say. But so they don't know. But they need. It's time to start educating yourself, and you have to be open to the change and going. Okay. And like we said, it's okay to not know how you feel. Yes. You know, and, and they'd be like, okay, and, and take a bit of time to navigate like what your stance is going to be on this or yeah. how you want to approach in that. But you can't just like put your head in the sand. This is the time now. And this is what is why the writing and looting is going on because right. the head has just been in the sand and nothing's been getting done. Right. right? It I has mean, to. Some of the writing and some of the loot, some of the, so, and again, you got to look at where it's all coming from. I mean, from. let's and you go, gotta kind and of break it down. At, and we can look at yesterday, like, you know, on, yeah. on Stab. And I think actually uh, Nate Yeomans was the first one who posted. He's, and then Salty Beards, Nick yeah. Rosa, was yeah. the one who figured Tracked out who the down. kid was, right? Yeah. And this kid is now like, it's, I think it's a kid from like Hermosa or the South Bay, like yeah, yeah. a good looking white kid with like long hair, right? Yeah. Stealing the boards. And, well, and then um, there's these other two now that are, that, that I know of, that actually surf Topanga. Yeah, exactly. That, that they were the other people stealing those boards and I, they're not going to be surfing Topanga anymore. But, well, at least there's actually surfers took the boards. <laughs> just, well, I'm just kidding. That. I'm just kidding. But, but, but exactly so like it's not just like crazy like thugs looting it's no. like spoiled white kids from the south bay well too. and that's the problem is that the problem is is that it becomes a thing so, something that's a very pure message and something that's a very pure like righteous anger like let's just call it that like it's righteous anger there's no there's righteous freaking um searing pain from these from this this community like from all over not just not just in this country but in other countries i mean like I said, there was an, I heard an interview on CNN yesterday from um, a guy in Great Britain who was like, my brother was shot in the back four times. I watched that, yeah. Okay? And he was saying the same thing. He's like, look, this is not, this we're, this is the, not the, just the U.S. This is all over the world. This is what's happening all the time. You, know, you give people enough power, the wrong people power, and they're going to do what they do. So the, the, the thing that we have to think about in terms of, of, of you know, our, our little bit of influence would be like, again, you know, within our little coastal communities, these little like, you know, these affluent little hamlets that, that we all kind of get are, you know, fortunate enough to occupy is to be able to at least say, have some empathy and understand why this is happening. Yes, there's a lot of wrong shit happening. Yes, a lot of the wrong people are complaining and, and doing the looting and screaming and yelling who 
haven't been marginalized, who have no dog in the fight, who are just being a bunch of shit kids, well, look, right? I or people. Completely. And I saw a good meme, right? And it's like, you can... It, and there's a lot more meaning to it, but it's it, the reality of it is, black people built this country under the worst conditions, slavery, and the way they were treated. Shouldn't it be their right to tear it down if they want to? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> tear down everything that they've built? I believe that 100%. I mean, I really do. There's the, this has been this has been a population. And again, you, you could you could argue that the that the Native Americans have been oh, know, completely uh, uh. as as much or maybe more so, you know, um, decimated. Um, there's we our history is not a, a proud one. So I think it's it's really incumbent upon upon everybody in this country, oh. especially if you're someone that looks like us. To do a little bit of research, to have a little bit of empathy, understand what the hell is ha happening out there. This isn't people aren't just losing control. No, you know this isn't just oh we'll let the law take care. Well, that's what the law the law hasn't been working for for this well, population for the rest you know four hundred years. Do you think it's going to start now? Well, on your Native American thing, I saw a funny meme, and it's so funny because you, all you have to do is look around Instagram to see what like c pop culture is and what's happening yeah, yeah. in society, right? Like yeah. it's all right there, and it's there's right obviously there. very like literal stuff that's written. But I saw this one, and it's by this guy Moist Buddha, who's actually in our yeah, fantasy yeah. surf league. Uh, yeah. Shout out to War on Girls. We're currently in quarantine edition. Uh, <laughs> it's a bunch of us, Alec Parker, Jake, and everyone, Gab. But it said, with everything going on, you'd think America is cursed or something. Like it was built on an in ancient Indian burial ground. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> I know, I saw that one too. And then the, uh, there is captured this. Fuck it, let's gamble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I mean, I, I just think that the, um, the, the easiest way to, to think about this, and the reason that we're even doing a podcast like this, is it does go back to, so if you think about the brand's needing to stand for something we all need to stand for something you know we all need to be able to say what's yeah this is right this is wrong and it, and i think that if, if you if you can look at a situation and 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 try to put yourself in it and try to be empathetic to what's happening and then if you say to yourself i wouldn't be able to handle that like i don't i that's not okay with that wouldn't be okay if that was my family that wouldn't be okay if that was me then it's not okay for that person too this is one country we're supposed to be united it's supposed to be something where we're all Americans, and if that if we want to hold up that live up to that ideal, then then you well, know we're not and haven't been and probably won't for a very long time. Well, this is the country prior to Trump, maybe, <coughs> that the whole world looks at, right? Yeah. For like guidance and where it's going next, you know, yeah. the Japanese they come over and they steal the style and the fashion, they take yeah. and do it better. Yeah. But you know, it's the whole world is until Trump, I think, came along and it was heavily influenced by. The USA. Yeah, they held us and up. And you to lead by example. And it's on the brands here to lead and use their team to deliver a message what they believe and what they stand for. Right. And not one of them has done that. You know, Volcom's done a good job. The rest of them is terrible. Um, Hurley hasn't even put out a statement. Brooke hasn't put out a statement. Like, you have to be a part of the... And it's a, it's your duty as a brand with social media to be a part of the conversation. Well, not just your duty. Here's here's the deal. And what I, what I was meant, meant to get out with the Venice kids... It, look, there's not, and it's not just these Venice kids that have this kind of feeling. They will judge you, right? Don't listen to us. Listen to listen to your consumer, the people that you're trying to sell stuff to. You know, these these 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids that are out there. Okay, you're trying to sell them this stuff. You're and and you make a little dumb like you make a man use a Mandela quote. I, look, Mandela is you're, you're here, like legitimately yeah. your favorite person in history, right? I mean, every time. 
we talk about it. That's yeah, your, that's, you gotta, that's how, that's how, uh, that one of our security questions at Ford Bank of America is, uh, <laughs> who's your favorite person in history? Oh, there you <laughs> it's, go. It's Nelson Mandela. It's, it's so just, it won't be after this podcast. There's, there's, but. Not, there's not much, <laughs> there's not much money in that account. Anyway. Oh, there's, there's, we've, there's, we've already diluted it. There's, there's plenty. Yeah. Uh, so let's not do that. Um, but, but the, the fact is, is that, that if you're trying to, trying to appeal to this generation of people, you have to take a stand in, in, in this case. You can't. And by the way, if your stand is the all lives matter stand, fucking go for it. Like, do, the, okay, take that position. 100%. I'm not even saying that's right. Not right for me. It's not what I agree with. But if you want to take that position, take that position. You better stand for something though. Because I can promise you that the, if you want to take the all lives matter position, that kid that posted the all lives matter, that kid probably be pretty stoked and a bunch of his friends would probably be pretty stoked. And maybe that's who you're going to be selling your stuff to. But I would say that the good money, good odds would say that you probably should be on the other side. You probably should be on the side of Black Lives Matter, not All Lives Matter, if you want to actually have a brand. Because the the history will be will not be kind to the people that were that were calling bullshit on on Black Lives Matter. That's no, that's that is, is for damn sure. We are not going back to the Confederacy. Okay, it's not happening. You might want it to happen. It's not going to happen. So if you want to look forward. Look that direction. Um, and, and if you want to sell stuff to kids, stand for something and stand for that, right? Absolutely. So Yeah, spot on. I hit the nail on the head. So in between uh, recording or finishing up that last bit and introducing Nick Stolls, the next guest, or who we interview about surf care, uh, we were just naturally, as you are, we were addicted to our phones and scrolling through Instagram. And I think this is the, probably the best way to describe what we we're trying to say from Saturday Surf. And... And just those of you that don't know, I've been pretty critical of Saturday Surf. Well, I have a huge amount of respect for Morgan and what those guys did. And, and the fact that Morgan is, Morgan Collier is an insane surfer. And I used to live down the road from his brother, JP, who's just as talented as him. Um, I've been pretty critical on them and their kind of contribution to surf through the years, right? Yeah. Like they, they've used surf to get big and being there in New York, but I always felt like they didn't quite kind of contribute towards the surfing, although they didn't an indirect way but not actually from a dollar standpoint sure um and then when they kind of lost the serve out of their name kind of pissed me off a little bit uh but anyway yeah. that's, that's my own opinion that's something different these guys have created an incredibly successful business but i wanted to give them a shout out so about social media and just what we're trying to say exactly well i think the thing is is that we have so much opportunity to do so much good and nobody has we just said we just would spend an hour or 30 minutes or so talking about how there's all this opportunity for brands to do something great and and here they are, you know, actually highlighting what's really important versus what's not. I mean, they understand that what they've got in their shop, all the physical, um, you know, all the all the, the the boards and the and the and the store itself, and all the damage that they that, that was was inflicted. Um, they still turn that around into a positive message. Yeah, and they basically said, you know, reading their post right here, merchandise can be replaced, but back lives cannot. And isn't that just the truth about like the looting and everything that's going on, right? Exactly. Um, a phrase we've seen scrawled on walls and one that rings especially true this morning. Last night we received a message from our neighbors who noticed our shop was being broken into, sharing with us a video of it in the process of being burglarized. So obviously they've been looted. This morning, Morgan Collette was checking to see if if the Devonoja speakers were still working and surveyed the damage. It's heart-wrenching to watch the combination of knowing how much blood, sweat and tears went into building that place and seeing if... the and then seeing the peace sign from the catalog, catalog design up front, all while people walk in and out, and out stealing our stuff. There, through the emotion, we remind ourselves that there are material things that we can replace and fix. At the heart of it is a much bigger issue that needs our attention. 
We were hesitant to share this, but hope it serves as a reminder to anyone that is going through a similar situation right now and is feeling overwhelmed. In capitals, this is a necessary conversation. We all know systematic racism alive and our black brothers, sisters and friends have had enough. This is what needs to happen for the community to understand that there never was and never will be acceptable. We are not angry for what happened last night. We are hopeful we can make this world a better place moving forward. We keep looking at the peace sign in front of the shop and feel like it's meant for moments just like this. With that said, it's been a rough year. So for all our stores closed for months, we're sure that we're sure that's been the case for many small businesses around the world. And we wish our company was in a better place to help financially. So we're starting by calling our community to pitch in. Donate to the NAACP or ACLU nationwide. DM us your, your receipt or better yet, share on IG and tag us and we'll match your donations up to 20K for a total of 40K. Let's get to work. I mean, how's that? Yeah. Like, I, so so there it is, uh, surf industry. Like, like that's that's the actual reality of, 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 of what good and decent people do. To and, and by the way, that's kind of a good... It, it is a business leveraging the situation too. Completely. You know? You're donating to the greater good. You're doing good and you're taking... A, an opportunity to showcase like hey we stand for something and right. this is who we are and like we'll get behind it and we'll match money we'll put our money where our mouth is we're not just using a social post well the heaviest thing too is that is that they actually just they were they were damaged during this they got they're taking a big financial hit right now yeah and people actually buy their merchandise <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah as opposed to the other brands we've been referencing earlier um anyway that that's a uh, we just had to add that to the end of this because we really wanted to show um, that there are people out there doing the right things, you know, that are that aren't Patagonia and other folks that are that, that we already know are doing great work. Um, that there's other people doing something that 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 everybody can kind of be inspired by. So um, we'll end it there. Yeah. Cheers. Right, so right with on. that, with that, we'll uh, be diving into Nick Stoll's interview. There we go. All right. So last week, I, uh, at the end of our podcast, I mentioned we had done an interview with a friend of mine and a new business in the surf space, Nick Stolls. He created, he's the creator and founder of SurfCare, insurance for your surfboard. Uh, you know, surfboards aren't cheap anymore and he kind of saw a gap in the market while he was on a surf trip in Indonesia. And he's a really smart guy. So Nick, he grew up on the East Coast. He went and studied at the University of Hawaii. He's an insane surfer, but he studied finance. He dealt, uh, he worked in the kind of private equity world for a while and finance and that. So he's he's a finance guy that happens to surf and he happens to surf incredibly well. He can stand in a 10-foot tube. You know, his end goal is to live in Hawaii. And he identified this this area of opportunity and he was thinking, you know, his, his passion is surf. Actually, Nick did a stint at the WSL. He kind of implemented the Airbnb WSL partnership mm. and he kind of used it while he was working, you know, to keep him busy while he was working on this. Um, so Nick, he has... He's the perfect guy to do this because he's the core surfer, right? right. Um, he insurance for surfboards. He told me three years ago about this. We locked him out of general mission, and here it is today. A <laughs> huge amount of effort has gone into getting this. Just finding a company to underwrite it, a big insurance company to right. underwrite it, setting up the infrastructure. But I did this interview with Nick. I thought it was great. You know, one of one of my things that I really liked talking to him beforehand was he said. Everybody just wants to make another t-shirt brand and surf. He's like, there's so many other ways to make money in surfing and, That's right. and needs for surfing because surfing is now a global sport. It's bigger than ever. There's more surfers than ever. So um, I won't keep talking about it. I'll let you take it away. So Nick, thanks for coming on the show. Um, you're one of our first guests with That's an Entrepreneur and about to launch something. So when you messaged me saying it was Surfcare was ready to go live, I got really excited and I thought we have to get you on the show and talk through it. I think... Um, this is going to be one of those products where surfers are naturally skeptical, 
and they're all going to question everything. So I wanted to get you on here. I was like, let's beat this thing up because I know you've done the, the hard yards. You've come, you've approached it from a finance background. That is your background, and you're ready to set this things live. So first of all, give me the elevator elevator pitch on Surf Care, and then and what it is, and tell me about the story getting here. Thanks, Duma. Thanks for having me on. Uh, very excited to talk about it, and extremely excited to launch Surf Care. It's the world's first surfboard protection plan. If your board gets dinged or breaks we'll fix it at no charge and if we can't fix it we'll replace it so it's basically apple care um, but on surf surfboards everybody's familiar with these protection plans that have begun to be on basically ever every consumer product out there and i thought you know why does why can't we make this on surfboards it's on everything else and so over the last three years been working hard to get this thing to come to fruition and and launch it so and i love like going back when was the aha moment and you were like i need to go create insurance for surfboards uh the aha moment was actually in indonesia um after probably running through five surfboards that you know were all new and and realizing like why are why are these things not insurable <laughs> and and really like the point at which it became important is when surfboards became like 500 to a thousand dollars like growing up boards were i remember getting custom boards for maybe 250 or 300 but once it became 800 dollars for the average surfboard cost it's like all right this is is a product that really has some legs because people are spending serious money on boards now and a lot of them are very special, unique types of surfboards coming from shapers like uh, Album or Tyler Warren, or, you know, even you buy Channel Islands or Hayden Shapes, they're $850. And a lot of times people order customs. So the aha moment was in Indonesia. And there's some funny stories with that, but um, that's when I first realized it. And you, you came in kind of ran this idea past me three years ago in general admission. I can remember the morning you came for a coffee and we were sat inside the store. The store wasn't open yet. And you told myself and Gavin, my partner, and we were kind of like, and I'm sure which is what you faced. And that's why I love the story is we kind of like laughed you off. We're like, that is a crazy idea. Why would anybody do that? But <laughs> you've stuck with it. What have been some of the challenges and how have you gotten here and to this point? What, what does that process look like? Yeah, so it's taken a very long time because uh, in the finance world and and specifically the insurance world, there's a lot of regulations that are in place, pretty much because everybody has bad experiences with insurance in the past. And, and so at some point, the government started regulating this and created their own agencies for all these specific products. So I've had to go through the national regulations to become able to legally sell it across the country that's been a process so the background is i've partnered with an insurance company who is a rated fully reliable and um, underwrites this program uh, i brought on a team of administrators who are gonna help with all the servicing and claims and then as you know it's then it's starting to build a network of Repair, repair places which are nationwide uh, surfboard shops which are going to sell it and talking to uh, surfboard shapers 
So it's, it's been a long process uh, to get it going. Um, it's not your average product where, you know, you manufacture this product and then um, bring it to sale at, at stores. It's, it's non-traditional and it's a service that has a lot of moving parts that I had to put in place. So I'm just going through the website and it, for those of you that are watching, it's surfcare.co.co. It says you're in 47 states. Tell me about trying to find ding repair guys and what that looks like in 47 states and obviously big coastlines. So you can't have somebody in San Diego getting their board repaired in Los Angeles. What, is right. that, what does that look like and what are the... Right. So we're on the mainland to start off. Um, eventually we'll be in Hawaii. Hawaii and New Hampshire uh, and specifically the District of Columbia are these states that have uh, extreme regulations in, in the insurance industry. So we're working through that and should be available in those other three locations. Um, I'd say in the, in the next quarter, but in the, on the mainland in the 47 states where it is available, um, we've worked really hard to get service repair places in all the major locations and the way that we function makes it really easy for us to really call up any ding repair place and bring them on board. So no matter where you are in the U.S., besides Hawaii, we're going to, it's going to be a pretty easy process to get your board fixed. And how does this work? What does the financial side look like of this business? Clearly, you've, with your background, you've thought it through and there's got to be a tipping point where it goes from, you know, debt to profit. What does that look like? How many subscribers do you need? What is the kind of end goal here? Yeah, good question. Uh, we did. That's been part of the long process is to do the um, the underwriting of the plan, which which is when you figure out the numbers and um, doing a lot of research into how many boards are purchased across the country, how many p people ding their boards, how many people potentially break their boards, and we ultimately create a uh, a claims ratio that is gonna gonna help us lead to profitability um, at the moment everybody who purchases a surf care plan is guaranteed to have coverage so that's you know the the idea of of underwriting and and what's the profitability break point is is kind of our problem and um and that's what we'll continue to learn and grow with. Hopefully over time, we'll be able to get these ratios spot on and we'll be able to actually uh, decrease the price of, of surf care. But at the moment, everybody can surf care free um, and rest assured that your ding and breaks are gonna be covered because we did this underwriting. Awesome. And what does it look like? Okay, you're, you're somebody, you've been surfing, you've either dinged or you've broken your board. You've just purchased surf care for $11.99 a month, which is the most premium plan. Now you take out your new, I actually really enjoyed the video of yourself uh, on the website kind of explaining it. <laughs> it was pretty classic and all that. It was fun. And you break your board kind of first session. For you guys, how does that look? Now all of a sudden, I see that you've got a 25%, um, what's it, the... Um, Deductible. Deductible is twenty five percent of the surfboard cost. So you bought a thousand dollar board for two hundred fifty bucks. You now get a new board. How does that look for you guys? Is the surfer required to photograph their board, show your picture or proof? Do they get to keep that board? Do they have to send it in? What is what does the back end of that look like for you? Good question. So uh, I'll just take it from start to finish in a process. Um, there's going to be a couple ways to buy surf care. 
the first way is you can buy SurfCare online at surfcare.co at any time within 30 days after buying the new surfboard. So, you know, even if you bought it 28 days ago, you can go online right now and purchase SurfCare and, uh, and we'll honor that plan. Uh, the other way that will be available is we'll be selling it through shapers that sell boards online or surf shops. So when you go into the surf shop, pick up a board that you like. Um, hopefully pretty soon we'll be in a lot of shops nationwide and you'll be able to um, purchase the plan in the shop and, uh, and get your board covered. And what does that like look that like? The, when, what does that look like for the store? Is There's obviously an incentive in it for them to sell. So. Yeah, yeah. Just like, just like every product that a store sells, they have a, a, a margin that they profit on. So, and that's another good aspect of surf care is that um, it benefits the stores because because they'll make a little bit of money selling surf care benefits the shapers because hopefully people will be more incentivized to buy brand new boards because now they're covered. Um, it helps uh, the ding repair people because we're sending more business that way. And then if someone breaks their board, well, we're going to buy a new board to replace that one. So it'll, it'll um, benefit the shaper again in the end. So I, so I do my walk into ride a shack in Venice. I buy a new hypto crypto which you used in the video, I go out, yeah. I break it. Do you then contact the surf shop to buy the board back or are you going straight to the source now to Haven? Yeah, so, so the process after you buy it, now that, that's the claims process. Um, in order to place a claim, you, just, you can go online and there's a, a phone number that you call that leads right to us and we, uh, and we get your information over the phone about the claim and um, we basically process the claim and... Uh, and send you to either the ding repair place that's closest to you or to the uh, board shop that's gonna replace the surfboard. Um, ding repairs are free. And if you break your board and it needs to be replaced, uh, well, there's a 25% deductible. So just like the scenario you said before, if your surfboard was $1,000, then you, you spend $250 to get a brand new $1,000 surfboard for the replacement. Sounds like a deal to me. Is there a limit to the number of boards you can break a year? Someone like myself or you, you, you serve serious ways <laughs> and go through them. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So, so, so actually, um, side note, surf care can't be used in a, in a professional manner. So pro surfers can't use it because they're getting paid to, um, to surf. But uh, there's a, there is a limit for each surf care plan there's one replacement for per plan so when you get that new board then you'll buy a new surf care plan and if you're on a monthly subscription then um you just continue that monthly subscription on your new board and we register the new board so um we know when you buy your board we know what what type of board it is because we ask these registration questions that say type size um brand uh model things like that, that identify this board to, to the person. Yeah, and that well, protects us because we don't want people to just, you know, break any old board that they had and then, and then have that be the one covered. Yeah, what, that, what, what the user needs to know is there's an incredibly savvy surfer behind this. <laughs> he's, he's bought thousands of boards <laughs> in, his, in his lifetime. So he's very aware of what costs what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And hopefully, hopefully people don't break as many boards as me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's hope for your sake. And so what so servers are notoriously cheap. You've obviously thought about this challenge and you've priced it accordingly. 
what what are some of the differences? I want to kind of pivot to Awaco and their kind of failures. Mm. It's pretty clear that they've struggled to gain any traction. They've had a lot of VC yeah. money behind them. What are, yeah. what are some of the, there's obviously some parallels between what you're doing, but what are some of the challenges that you saw for them that you don't see for yourself? And, and uh, how, is this, how is this differently and why is it going to work versus what they did? Yeah, I've actually, um, I'm pretty close friends with the guys who started Awaco. And um, from, from point A, when they were Surfway, I believe, we've, we've had a lot of conversations about it. Um, but, I mean, their, their business model is, is very different. So I, I find it hard to compare. But I really liked what they were doing at first with, with um, having a monthly membership to, to have access to any board. That was, that was kind of great. It made a lot of sense. seemed like you could just, for the price of 800 bucks a year, you could always be riding a new board. So that was, that was cool. Um, I think my guess is that they had issues with, um, being the middleman between manufacturers and shops and probably the pricing was difficult. Um, but, and then, yeah, and then they pivoted to, um, more of a board rental service, which is, which is great also. Um, but I think they had a, a niche market, you know, which, which means they're targeting very specific types of surfers and it's definitely a smaller number than the entire population of surfers and i think that's really what's going to be the difference between surf care and um awaco is that really anybody who buys a new board can buy surf care you know and um and if your board is six hundred dollars and up i don't think you're necessarily considered cheap anymore <laughs> so because that's a that's a big chunk of change so I think for someone who's just spent 600 bucks or 800 bucks on a new board to spend 799 on the minimum uh, coverage or 999 a month on, on the premium coverage is going to be, uh, you know, probably pretty easy for someone. And, you know, at first I understand it's going to start slow um, and, and gain users and popularity over time. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to swing for the fences right off the bat, but um, I do think that because we're, we have access to sell to, to everybody in the country who buys a surfboard, um, you know, we can have a pretty big impact just by attaching to a small number of those surfboard sales. Nick, sounds like it's been an incredible journey getting this live. I'm uh, really excited and, and proud of you for doing it, man, putting your head down and sticking through all those hard years of bringing this thing to life. Why don't you take us, take the audience through a bit about the pricing and the plans that you can get? Sure. Yeah. So there's three types of plans. I wanted to make it approachable to everybody if they just wanted to get basic coverage or uh, premium coverage. Uh, so you have surf care essential, which is really your catastrophic damage, which is covers the board breaks, buckles and fin boxes. So those are the kinds of things that are that are really painful when that happens. Um, so that's the, the minimum coverage. Uh, monthly price is $7.99 a month and you can buy a one-year or two-year plan, which makes it cheaper, actually. Uh, next type of plan is Surf Care Premium, which is everything in essential plus ding repair. So this is probably going to be the most popular. Covers against brakes, buckles, fin boxes, and, and all ding repair. You get free ding repair, and if you break your board and needs to be replaced, there's a 25% deductible. So that's $9.99 a month, and again, you can buy a one-year or two-year plan and save some money. 
And uh, finally, you got Surfcare Premium plus fins, um, which basically adds in your removable fins to the coverage. So if you have a short board and you have some FCS fins or uh, future fins that you bought with the board, you can, those are covered as well. And if you have a long board, the, uh, that expensive single fin is covered. So that's $11.99 a month. Um, and, uh, yeah, and again, we just wanted to give people options and make sure that um, they get whatever is important to them covered. So I'm the number three guy on the plan. I'm going for the eleven ninety nine. Um, it's the price of, like I said, an oat milk latte and maybe a half muffin in Venice Beach. So that's what I'm going <laughs> up there. I've got a very expensive set of fins. I paid 160 bucks for some fins. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I knock one of my fins out. I lose the right fin. Do you guys then send me a new set or are you just sending me the right fin? No, we're going to replace the, uh, the set. And that, that that's actually brings me to a, a very important thought about the, um, about our program is hopefully we're going to be collecting a lot of broken boards here with this plan. And so our goal is to gather these broken boards, put them together and, and send them off to, to people that are in need. So hopefully we'll be, collecting fins as well on that note and fins and boards and you know sending it off to uh to people in need so i've always had a cool that's awesome i love that you guys are doing that because one thing the world doesn't need and we've been talking a bit about it is like you know surfers we're naturally uh environmentalists and we care about it but yet we just i have probably 30 surfboards that's just landfall that'll be alive <laughs> long, yeah. that'll be yeah. sitting in some landfall long after i'm dead um yeah. so that's awesome one other idea i always had and i thought would be cool was because of the cost of fins is having some kind of fin swap meet right so if i've got a right if i if i knock out my left almeric fin future fin and i need one you've got some other ones that i might have and we just kind of swap them and send them around right so it's almost as big <laughs> i actually love that idea i love that idea everybody's got that bucket of like two oddball fins that yeah, any pair. We've probably got ten in there. Yeah, fortunately, little Jordy's fin, so it's not. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that down. We can definitely set that up. That's an easy. Do easy that. Equation. I love it. And I don't see anyone you having any competition for the foreseeable future. <laughs> yeah. You really found a void in the market that yeah. nobody else can do. You know. And you, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping that um, the the process to becoming legal will definitely be a roadblock for other competitors as well. But, you know, like the goal is to launch in the U.S. Um, and then we'll grow to other water products nationwide. Like, I mean, people can technically buy it on stand-up paddle boards now, foil boards, um, kite boards, wake boards, skim boards. But we'll, we'll expand more uh, specifically to those products. And then we'll just go globally as soon as possible because it'd be sick to be go on a trip in Indo and ding your board and you call us up and we go, all right, hit, hit, uh, you know, whatever the ding repair place in Changu is. And we pay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we got that covered. So I think, um, that's, that's what we're, we're aiming for in the next year, as long as the national launch works. And one year from now, what's the goal for subscribers? Well, I, I estimate that about 500,000 surfboards are sold a, uh, a year in the U.S. Uh, might be a little high or a little low, but it's tough to get data in, in the surf industry. <laughs> so I would say, you know, a 10% attachment is our goal for the, for the first year. 
So what's that 50,000 plants? I think, um, I think it's doable. You know, I think 10% of people who buy new boards, they want to, they want to cover those. It's, it's a very doable goal in the, in the next year. We just got to get the word out and make sure that everybody that surfs knows about it in the U S. Absolutely, man. And so one other question I had, I go and buy a new board. I love it. I insure it. You know, I'm somebody that likes to have a few boards. I walk past the jacks or nature surfs or a rider shack and I see something that I like and I go in and buy it. Right. Can I insure two boards? Is it different plans or does it fall under the one plan? Is there an add-on option? I'm sure this is yeah. Kurt, yeah, that's a, a good question. Uh, that's that's going to be something that comes soon. At the moment, it'll be uh, you'll need to get another plan for the second board. But um, in the in the near future, we'll, we'll have a an add-on a quiver model. So hopefully, it'll just be a incremental amount more to ensure one or more boards. That's awesome. I'd say look for that in Q3. <laughs> oh, so soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 not a it's not a difficult thing to to add that product in. It's just a matter of um just a matter of developing it and 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 making sure people want it, you know. I think like what you'll learn from startups is you got to have an MVP and a minimum viable product to test out and work out all the kinks through through the business make sure everything's working perfectly and then you can evolve and cover more elaborate types of products and offerings because a lot of times what i hear is that you you launch a company and you and you learn you gotta you gotta pivot and do something completely different than you thought based on what you learned so we're just trying to keep it simple simple as possible and uh learn as much as possible and then cover whatever is most important to the surfers you know and, and talk to me about that that was actually going to be my next question i'm sure you could have tweaked this thing for the next 10 years trying to figure it out and navigate it what what was the decision point to go hey we're sending this thing live and we'll change it from there yeah i think the decision point was well it's been in it's been a work in progress but it's been three years of picking people's brains about what's the most important thing to them um and even and, and developing the website, making sure people clicking through it and going to the right places and it's easy to understand. And, and once we had that uh, legality of co being covered across the country, uh, we're, we were ready to go. You know, it's, it's go time with the minimum viable product and we'll test everything that goes live and we'll, and we'll um, listen to our customers and hopefully have a great product. I really see, I didn't at the time three years ago, but I really see the business you've built here as being hugely successful and we wish you well. What else, before we go, what else can you tell us about the biz? Any other things you want to get out there? Any exciting collaborations that you have coming up with, whether it's shapers or stores? What else can you give us? Yeah, we're just excited to, to test it out and, and learn the process of, of launching a company. Um, it's, it's uh, like I said, I've been, working on this a long time and it's really excited to get moving um we're going to be partnering with some pro surfers to get the word out which is going to be fun uh hopefully we can start to do some fun advertisements and and um activations at different events but i think there's a lot that we can do in the future to help the uh process of owning a new board a little bit easier um i think two main values that we're trying to tackle here are the value of covering a board against 
whether it breaks is which is a brand new concept and doesn't exist at all but then also just facilitating the ding repair process everybody has you know the the headaches of trying to get their board fixed in a timely manner and in a way that they know how much it's going to cost <laughs> i think we we all know it's like you know you've been waiting on a board to be fixed for a month and then you still don't even know how much it's going to get cost so over time to be able to facilitate that process uh will be will be really valuable thing for the surf surf network um and then over time we'll have an app and and you'll be able to hit i got place a claim and we'll locate you and we'll come pick up your board to, to repair it um that's going to be in the future but uh just baby steps at the beginning and launch the company and make sure all the customers are happy that buy it well i hope rick massey is your first thing repairer that you signed up out of Venice beach uh go to rick and ensure your surfboard with surfcare.co um thanks for nick we're really stoked i'm uh, really proud of you and excited to see this thing come to life thanks duma see you out in the surf yeah, we'll see you soon. There's a little uh, sasol coming, so we'll see you out there. Cool. So as you can see, Nick uh, has put a lot of time and energy into this. If you're interested in signing up I, for 11 bucks, like I keep mentioning throughout that, the price of a coffee and a muffin in Venice Beach, um, <laughs> you can ensure your surfboard, and that's at the highest level, right? And he's got his plans ranging from 7.99 to 11 bucks. Yeah. I promise you, this man will make it successful. Yeah. He's a smart guy. He's created a, a business where he doesn't have huge infrastructure and huge overhead mm -hmm. so because he's underwriting it from the other side um sign up check it out if you don't like it let us know um please let us know your thoughts nick is uh he'll be the one replying to your messages so email him so it's surfcare.co and uh chad what else we got coming up uh or, well <laughs> not just coming up out there and yeah out there now exciting things to talk about well coming up we've got we've we actually have a a, a, a big wave feature um coming out in another couple of weeks um, that we're doing with our partners at Red Bull Media House, which is going to be amazing. Um, but right now, just hitting the market last week uh, was Inflection Point, and it was a story about four surfers that are trying to qualify for the for the championship tour in 2020. Now, um, you, we, I'm sure all of you who listen to this podcast know how that went down, but definitely want to send a special shout out to Noah Beshin and Kalani Rivero as well as Jack uh, Robinson, Cam Richards, uh, Benji Brand, and Better Mamiya, Better Mamiya um, for, for giving us their time, which was just you know really valuable. And we had a great time working with all those guys. Um, so I think we like the results. It's a, it's a pretty cool little uh, piece. It's a two-part series. Um, it's live now on uh, Red Bull Media House. Yeah, check it out. There's a direct link through Red Bull Surfing on Instagram, if that's how you want to get there. Otherwise, mm -hmm. through my Instagram currently, I'll probably swap it out when this episode goes live. But uh, we'll keep it. There's two episodes, and uh, you already know the results, but I still find it interesting. I think we, we try to have a unique take on competitive surfing, and instead of just doing traditional highlights, you know, we had a lot of pain points with this. Baron dislocated his shoulder first day of shooting. Oh yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Jack, Jack was in his room. Yeah, but, uh, yeah the, the boys gave us all they could. Cam, shout out to Cam Richards. He's just one of the most class acts. The guy's just unbelievable all around. I really hope that guy qualifies. He oh, deserves yeah. to be. Obviously, Baron Will, he's just an anomaly. Mm -hmm. Jack's already on. Benji, he just wants to stand in some big tubes. Well, and the Vulcan crew were so we're also so kind in getting us all so much footage and just what we couldn't get our on. Uh, but on our own with with Jack, they they really 
help fill in the blanks there. And, and thanks. And actually, I need to thank the WSL too. We give them a lot of heat, but they kind of got us. They helped us get a lot of footage, and they yeah, gave us absolutely. access. And uh, yeah. and then all the guys that contributed um, towards footage, right, from all around the world. So thank you. Yeah, um, you guys will be paid soon. I promise. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But that's it. That's uh, <laughs> episode ten in the books. Uh, next week, we don't actually know what we'll talk about. Maybe localism again. Well, Who one, knows? Maybe one of the a continuation of this. I think we 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 should talk about it and, and and we'll see if we do do it or not. This is going to be our famous thing. Is like whether we actually stick with what we're what we're previewing for next week. Um, might be a theme, a running theme. But one of the things that that Doom and I talked about before we were gonna, before this thing was, there, you know, there's that. In order to be anybody um, or a personality in surf these days, it seems to me that you have to have really have your own brand. And and I think that as I mentioned earlier, the two the two kids that helped us so well in this thing were was Kalani and Noah, who just seem really unafraid to just be a hundred percent themselves. And and I think the the results are that makes them awesome. So um, we probably talk a bit about them and, and and others in the in the world that are that are just you know unapologetically. Um, individuals absolutely that's them they are who they are they like you know some talking to lincoln he's like no it's not my cup of tea but yeah. it makes sense that's his brand and he, he knows who he is and he what he stands for and i just love that right yeah well there's there's the old statement that i'd rather be uh i'd rather be one man's uh, shot of whiskey than everybody's cup of tea right. <laughs> i love it all right so, so with that we're out uh thanks for listening thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.